Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. Recent developments indicate that Saudi Arabia appears to be ready to soften a blockade against Qatar to improve its relationship with the incoming administration of U.S. President-elect Joe Biden. For guidance on this story, I turn to Middle East and North Africa analyst Ryan Bowl. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. Could you give me a little background on the situation concerning the blockade against Qatar? Sure. And and this is an older story that goes back to at least the 1990s. And what we have here is a story that involves two royal families, or actually really three royal families, with different levels of ambition for the Gulf and the Muslim world. The Saudis have long seen themselves as the traditional leaders of the Muslim world and, and much of the Arab world. But as the 1990s progressed, Qatar, which had recently discovered a large gas deposit offshore, started to flex their own influential muscles by setting up independent media and challenging many of the Saudi narratives about Islam, about the role of politics in Islam. And this irked the Saudis quite a great deal because the Saudis did not want to have an invitation of a challenge by political Islamists of any stripe, let alone some that were based in a foreign power like Qatar. And the relationship began to sour. And the relationship really took a turn for the worst during the Arab Spring, when Qatar's state-owned media, Al Jazeera, was instrumental in covering many of these regimes that came under revolutionary protests and eventually fell, including some key Saudi and Emirati allies. After that, the relationship continued to deteriorate as Saudi Arabia and increasingly the UAE pushed Qatar to change its tone towards political Islam, as well as the way that it used Al Jazeera to project its influence. But Qatar didn't give any ground on these levels. And when U.S. President Donald Trump took power in 2017, Abu Dhabi and Riyadh, and specifically the personalities of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of Abu Dhabi and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia, saw an opportunity. They saw a U.S. president who had signaled that he would support close allies taking unusual, even unilateral and norm-breaking moves to try to achieve their interests. And it was with that backdrop of a president that seemed open to the idea of strongly pressuring Qatar with long-standing tensions going back decades that helped convince Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and then joined by Egypt and Bahrain to commit this land and sea blockade on Qatar that was attempting to strangle Qatar's economy and force them to change their regional behavior. So how close are we to seeing a resolution to this long blockade of Qatar? Well, we're certainly closer than we've been at any time since the blockade began uh, in 2017, you know, over three years ago now. Uh, because what we're seeing now is Saudi Arabia's willingness to change its stance on this blockade, because as Saudi Arabia looks at its relationship with the United States, it has a number of problems, both with the incoming Biden administration and with the U.S. Congress. Uh, Saudi Arabia has outraged uh, a number of people in Washington, D.C. over its behavior in Yemen, where its longstanding intervention has caused human rights violations and large numbers of civilian casualties. It has its own human rights record at home that is of concern to the Americans. And one of the best examples of that was the assassination of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. And it also has an issue with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's outsized role in defense and intelligence and the way that he's been rather hawkish uh, at sometimes to some even reckless in the way that he has pursued Saudi interests. Now, 
Qatar is one of the issues that Saudi Arabia is able to climb down from and walk away from as it hopes to improve its reputation with the United States. So it's a, it's a double, dip, uh, double dip gift, so to speak, to both the outgoing Trump administration that is looking to set up uh, as many legacy cementing events that it can, trying to have foreign policy wins that it can be that can be part of its historical record, as well as improving the relationship with the Biden administration that wants to see the blockade eased, even ended, and wants to see America's allies back on the same page. So what is driving this change in the resolve of the powers that are running this blockade? Well, we should be specific that we're really only talking about Saudi Arabia at the moment, because it's only Saudi Arabia that is sending those signals. It's only Saudi Arabia that feels that level of pressure from the United States, from both Congress and the Biden administration, that's causing it to reconsider its approach to Qatar. The UAE is not showing any signs of easing the blockade. Neither is Egypt. Bahrain, as a very close ally of Saudi Arabia, tends to follow Riyadh's leadership on these sorts of matters. But Bahrain has some long-standing, well over a century-long disputes with Qatar that it may not be willing to abandon so quickly just to improve its relationship with uh, the incoming Biden administration. This is really a Saudi-driven problem. It's really the Saudis who are trying to find a way to dig themselves out of a bit of a reputational hole that they built up with the Democrats and with members of Congress over these years with the Trump administration. Another player in this region that we haven't mentioned in this conversation yet is Turkey. Where does Turkey fit into this, and how might an end to the blockade change Turkey's role in the GCC? Of course. When the blockade broke out in June 2017, Turkey very quickly stepped in to provide new security guarantees to Qatar. And they deployed troops and built a military base and helped reinforce the rather small Qatari army to make sure that a Saudi coup or some sort of Saudi subversive campaign would be less likely to be successful. That was a security guarantee that brought Turkey back into the Persian Gulf for the first time since World War I. Qatar used to be part of the Ottoman Empire, uh, and they have, they have always had ambitions to, in some form or another, restore some of their influence there. Now, if the blockade is over, or at the very least if Saudi Arabia has weakened or even dropped out of the blockade, that does end some of the immediate security threats to Doha, at least from the Saudis. But that doesn't mean that Qatar is interested in suddenly getting rid of the Turks. The Turks have been, for the most part, within Qatar as uh, a relatively amenable uh, military force. There haven't been major incidents between Turkish troops and Qataris. They're not seen as occupying force. They're seen as a friendly force that is welcomed by many Qataris, the way that the United States is welcomed in Qatar with its large airbase at Al-Udaid uh, as an ally. So Turkey isn't going to go anywhere from Qatar just because of the end of this blockade. However, it may mean that with the potential end of the blockade, Qatar is less willing to support Turkey's goals outside of the Persian-Arabian Gulf area. It might be less willing to support Turkish goals in Libya, Somalia, Sudan, where Turkey is also sending forces or training or economic support in an attempt to build up influence throughout Africa. So Qatar may become less of a close ally and less, co uh, less close coordinator with overall Turkish strategy, but it certainly doesn't mean that they're going to dump the Turks entirely, and it seems quite likely that Turkish troops will remain in Doha for some time to come. That's a lot for the Biden administration to step into. Thanks so much for that guidance, Ryan. Thank you, Emily.
Ryan Bowl is Middle East and North Africa analyst with Stratfor, a rain company. If you would like to read more about the geopolitical relationships in the region, sign up for our free newsletter. You can find out more at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.